0: There's something extremely humbling about having your normal job be, oh, I have two hundred thousand followers, I'm gonna play an incredibly difficult strategy game at a world class level, and then after you're done you like go in the backyard and just drag leaves around. And I mean I am dragging leaves around now. (laughs) We need to see
1: that on stream. I'm just saying Yeah, you want you want the leaf dragging stream. Yeah. Guys, we're celebrating our one year anniversary, almost to this day, we are here with a special guest who's been killing the scene when it comes to strategy games on Twitch and YouTube. He has continued to kill it since the last time he was on this podcast, like, like I said, almost a one year ago exactly to the day. His talent for simplifying complex game mechanics for casual viewers is undeniable, and we like to think of him as the godfather of strategy gaming nearly 200,000 followers online he has shown no signs of slowing down and we are happy to welcome once again jorbs to Forge radio
0: welcome that was a good intro
1: <laughs> are you can i
0: hire you for events that sure i mean done I'm,
1: I'm i'm hyped for it already how are you doing today
0: i'm doing well fall is in the air but uh yeah you know we can forgive it the planet does that sometimes <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I love fall though, don't you like it?
0: Oh, Seattle fall is like you get oh. a few good weeks and then the clouds roll in and you don't see the sun again for six months or something. So I see. I, I am actually the past couple of weeks have been gorgeous, but I'm dreading the what's to come. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on the okay, east though. coast, you know, so I'm like, I fall is beautiful colors. You know, it's it's not specifically like wet. You know, it's more like at least. This year it's been it's been dry and beautiful, um, but I'm dreading winter coming. Winter's yeah. coming, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's how I feel about fall. I love the season, but it's like TikTok. Like I I can I can yeah. feel winter coming, and when it does, <laughs> it comes really hard and fast. And you know you better get ready. You better be ready.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an okay season. You just don't like who it hangs out with, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. Like I said, it's been a year, a lot of ha- has happened over the yeah. past 12 months, I mean, in the world and with you, I'm sure, and and today I really want like, to, like, get to know and learn more about what has been happening with Jorbs over the past 12 months, right? Sure. Last time around, and guys, if you haven't watched or listened to our first episode, I invite you all to do so, Um, again, first episode ever on this podcast, so... What has been your like? What the, what is the number one thing your takeaway for the past twelve months, for your well, channel for well your um, community?
0: I'm in a different place. I mm, I can bought see a that. house. Yeah. So that is like it's a Seattle area home, which is not something many people manage to buy. The housing market here is ridiculous. Uh, everything's being expensive. Fortunately, I got in before mortgage rates got very very bad recently. Um but yeah after 7 years of doing this full time this is the first time that I've really like you know literally turned the key in the door and thought oh my gosh this streaming career has really bought me something huge so that was an immensely validating thing because as a streamer you sit in a chair at a desk with your like PC and an internet connection other than that what are your expenses like you can travel if you want you can like go to conventions that can be an expense i guess you buy new games but that doesn't cost that much i don't know doctor's appointments eyeglasses for me it just felt like my savings account was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and i wasn't doing anything with it and then yeah. boom in a house other than that um more slay the spire i've been trying to uh Win a thousand times in Slay the Spire this year, which I basically just gave up on when I bought the house. It turns out that moving is a lot of work. Um, (laughs) But this year I've extended my personal bests with all... Okay, I tied my personal best with Watcher, and I extended my personal bests with the other characters in Slay the Spire and rotating through the characters. And I had my best ever performance over 60 runs and my best ever performance over 100 runs. So somehow still getting better at that game after four years or something i've been trying to check out a lot of other stuff too i had the community help me build a spreadsheet of 100 games that were really good that i would missed not necessarily just strategy games either like story games puzzle games um and so whenever the fancy has taken me i've been like you know stream four or five hours of say the spire and then switch over to a brand new game for a couple of hours and unsurprisingly some of them are really 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 good so some of them have turned into like a few days or a week instead of just being a few hours.
1: What has been some of the games that like you've played other than obviously Slate so Aspire over the past twelve months that you've really got to to enjoy streaming?
0: I have been actually really enjoying The Witness recently, mm-hmm. which is a puzzle game where they never tell you what the rules of the puzzles are.
1: Yeah, that's like old, right? It's been like it's been out for several. I mean, old. Yeah, it's been yeah, yeah. Out for several years. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. This is all, st- like, you have to understand, I play Slay the Spire like, 40 hours a week plus yeah. sometimes, so I miss a lot of games. You have a backlog uh, of games yeah, you haven't played over the years. Yeah, there are a lot of really good games that have come yeah. out that I never touched. Um, <laughs> it's been really cool for me because all the other times I've tried playing a puzzle game, it has been when it's fresh and new, and when you try to stream a puzzle game like that, you'll have a lot of people who are really interested in the game and want to help you solve the puzzles. Which is fine. It is cool that they're interested in the game. It's cool that they want to participate in solving the puzzles because that's what the game is about, right? But it's really hard to stream that way because, like, when I started playing Baba is You, it was the day after it had come out. And, like, people were trying to give me hints for the puzzles, which were intended to teach me concepts. And so I never got to solve the puzzles that were intended to teach me concepts on my own. And then when I got to the next part, which built on those concepts, I was meant to have learned. I never actually learned the concept because they didn't give me enough time for my brain to process it. So Baba's You was like terrible. And I stopped playing puzzle games on stream because of it largely. And then I tried The Witness because everybody said it was so great. And it genuinely was like almost nobody was butting in trying to coach me or anything like that. Just letting me mess around i think i've said i am so dumb so many times playing the Witness, but it's one of those games where you know you sit on it for a night after you get stuck on something and you come back the next morning and all of a sudden something clicks which is one of the coolest feelings of being alive i think
1: i think that if i were to stream the witness i would probably want my community to help me with that one because frankly (laughs) (laughs) i remember playing it yeah several years ago I played it and I gave up. You know, it it, it looked great to me. Like I I got it. I understood why it was so great. I did, you know, want to play it play more of it, but I, as you said, I felt very really dumb playing it. Yeah. So, I would really enjoy some backlogging, you know, or not backlogging, um, backseating, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, if I were to, to stream that game, but I can also understand when you play a puzzle game, it's like so it's not to, for someone to give you the answer you know right. it's, it's, to, it's to allow you or I guess you're the one that should be looking out and finding these these answers yeah. if you will right so unless you're asking for them which yeah. I would be all the time um, eventually if you get
0: <laughs> stuck you can reasonably ask for a little bit of a hint but I haven't had to yet in the witness fortunately
1: yeah That's so okay the witness yeah um, how about like slate? I mean, you still play slate Aspire? spire likes. Yeah, well, not, not yeah, just spire still likes playing spire. Like for me, slate of spire still play it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess my question to you is, how are you even still playing it? I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> the right answer game always, wrong. Yeah,
0: the answer I always give to that question. Okay, I think I think it's twofold. One, it's my income. Like, it's a lot of what my viewers want to see, so that's nice. Um, and two, I think for me, strategy games like slay the spire specifically, and I wouldn't say I'm the same with other games. Like I wouldn't say I'm like this with like PUBG or something, but for strategy games, like slay the spire, what I really like is understanding as much as I possibly can about the game. And then I like the process of like putting the elements that I've learned about together over and over and over again, and trying to get better at putting them together the right ways. And so for me, I'm always going to love playing games like Slay the Spire, and the learning process is actually the least interesting part for me, because at that point, I don't know what all the pieces are that I can put together in different ways, and I don't hate learning what they all do and everything, but I find, especially on stream, that it's a bit frustrating for myself and viewers for me to be like, oh, this is a new card, I wonder what it does, I'll try it out, and then you know, I like lose the run because I don't understand what to do with it properly yet. And that's sort of just it. Um, It's much more satisfying to be like, oh, here's this run that I've played hundreds or two hundreds of times before. I understand which cards I should be looking for. I understand which relics are important. I'm going to try my best to put them all together. And it lets me engage my strategy gaming mind in a really satisfying way. And it also isn't too taxing on me. Like I'm not having to think too hard about new things, which means I can focus more on entertaining and telling stories and answering questions and all that sort of stuff. I think Slay the Spire is a really nice it's a really nice context to be streaming in for me, I guess. Which is a lot of why I keep coming back to it on stream.
1: If I get bored of it, like like either midstream or before, like you're just like oh. All right, here we go again <laughs> like i got to play Slate of spark cuz it's been like haven't played it in 2 days or 1 day or you know and like my community yeah. expects me to play it and and if you are sometimes like don't you feel like a bit like you're you're a slave to the game in a
0: way i think um, i miss the game having regular balance patches which is something that happened like 2 plus years ago and that was really fun cuz like if you broke the game, if you, like, found something really, really strong and you were, like, doing it every time and doing super well compared to anybody else, the devs would just patch it and it would get worse. So because of that, the game had this, like, defense against ever getting to a point where it felt stale. If you were doing the same strategy over and over again and it was clearly right, it would get patched. And if it wasn't clearly right, well, then you needed to change your strategy and do something else. So there was always something new to do. Nowadays, The last time the game had a relevant balance patch was something like two and a half years ago. So it is starting to feel a little bit stale in that way. I've been thinking about um, using mods to change the balance. Um, Mm -hmm. There are mods which increase the difficulty. I could make a mod that increased the difficulty. I could make a mod that changed the balance of some of the cards. For right now, that hasn't bugged me yet. I still have... The game's complicated enough that trying out a character's uh strategies like each one takes me maybe three to four months to get a solid sense for like to learn ninety percent of the way and that's just the strategies for each character and I'd say each character has like three, four, five very clear, large strategies. So that's a long time. There's still stuff that I'm trying out that I've never tried before.
1: I mean, one day Slate aspire will be irrelevant. Will become irrelevant, right? One day. It's gonna happen. Whether
0: it's in a year, in a month, in ten years. I think it will feel like the first civilization game where it will always everyone will always know that it sort of like spawned this group of games. But yeah, there's gonna be one that's better than it eventually, for sure. Have
1: you started to see like a decline in viewership when playing Slater Spart? Or are you still in your Based on your numbers, you're still going strong and even growing when you play the game.
0: Uh, You should check the numbers on it. I think the Slay the Spire director has been going down in viewership ever so slightly, but it's holding on remarkably well. If you... Like, I think about Age of Empires a lot when I'm thinking about the longevity of Slay the Spire, where Mm -hmm. Age of Empires, the old games, have actually started doing better in viewership recently. Like, There are just so many people who are passionate about that game, and there are content creators who are putting together classic tournaments and making big events around the game and stuff. And I do wonder if Slay the Spire just kind of has that lasting appeal, and if I could lean into it if I decided I needed to. But also, I'm not scared of streaming a different game. I'm in my house now, so the idea of um, losing some viewership as I switch over to a new game and learn everything and get established in the community isn't super threatening to me or anything. I have, I other than mortgage payments, I don't really know what I'm planning to do with money for the rest of my life. So, like, whatever, (laughs) let's chill out and play video games, you know? Yeah, but like, not worried about it.
1: Even for you, like, it's you know, you're gonna get. You're gonna have to find a new game, eventually, right? So, I looked at the numbers. It's actually, I mean, the peak was, I think, when it went off, like four years ago, as you said. When it came out, it super hard. Yeah, it's about half these days of what it was in 2018. Sure. Um, but it's not going from what I'm seeing. It's not really going down. I'm a selling gnome right now. Little plug for. Yeah. Our buddy, David. um, And it's, I mean, if anything, it's going up, <laughs> you know, yeah. frankly. So it's still, it's I think still going it's, strong. Yeah. I
0: think it's very hard to get established as a new Slavispire streamer because there are several of us who have been streaming the game for three plus years at this yeah. point. Yeah, But those of us who are fairly established uh, in the Slavispire community are generally seeing our channels... Stick around at the same sizes or even grow.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pillars. Yeah, that call you guys right. That's that's good to hear because I think like it's one of the most challenging things a content creator has to do in their career is to figure out what to play next, if if you will. Right, mm-hmm. I feel like either the game that they're maining, right is becoming irrelevant or it's you know going down in popularity to a pl- to a, to a point where it's not worth playing anymore you know it's it's literally people are yeah. not excited about it any, uh, enough or as a, even a variety streamer who's up and coming right they're not they're no like huge not going to name names but they're, they're not like a huge variety creator which could play anything and people would still watch right so sure. that that whole process is to be very difficult um, to figure mm-hmm. out to, so I'm I'm glad to and hear, it's, yeah,
0: it's difficult on the streamer side to like you were asking. I'm very fortunate that I both found a game that has had incredibly good longevity and am the sort of person who can play it for thousands of hours. Yeah, because um, most games don't have the sort of longevity that Spire has had, and most people don't want to play a game for as long as I've played. Slate the Spire, so for my career, that's been very very lucky. Um. But yeah, I was in an NPR article recently talking about burnout, and for me, burnout has been more about the like managing the community elements of streaming and stuff like that. Um, but Hylian, who is a Hades streamer, is known as a Hades streamer. His his element of burnout was like he was playing Hades every single day, and he was bored of it. But if he switched to playing a different game, he lost half of his viewers. So. Yeah. you know, what's he gonna do exactly?
1: That's hard, like, you feel stuck, and you know, I can just imagine, and I mean, I'm actually playing Hades right now, it's a great, great yeah, it's example. A very good, a, good game. Yeah, it's a very good game. It's a very good game, and a bit like you with with uh, The Witness, you know, I I, I I waited a bit to play Hades, <laughs> it was out for a while back now, um, but I can imagine, you know, Slate Aspire, there's like a, a random, yeah, okay, Hades, like, randomly generated levels and all that stuff right but still I feel like there's more depth at least from my perspective there's more depth to Slate Aspire versus 80s which is a great game by the way I think that's um, probably true yeah but I can I can see the burnout happening and and you know it's it, you're bringing me to, to a great um, subject and topic I wanted to talk about actually is is how, you, how are you doing how are you um, dealing with that with that pressure with, 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 uh, how's your mental health versus a year ago? How has been the last 12 months mentally for you?
0: Um, how much of the private life updates do you want? <laughs> as uh, much
1: as you were, you're w- willing or, you know, to share with us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Last year was really in the, in the pits, honestly, for my mental health. Like when I was on this podcast a year ago, I was actually much, much worse off um monthly than I am now. Uh it was in a nasty time of the pandemic where I, I think the pandemic is calmed down, but it's it's still going. I don't want to say that the pandemic is past tense, personally. Um but at that point in the pandemic, uh it still felt very real to me and I hadn't really built routines that worked yet pre-pandemic i was like always going out for breakfast and dinner and going to shows and bars this was like how i unwound Mm -hmm. and at that point when i was recording that podcast i hadn't found comfort doing that again yet and i hadn't found something to replace it with either and um now a year later like i'm super comfy i some of it's being in a house in a nice neighborhood. Like I'm out all the time talking to neighbors, going on walks, uh, surrounded by people can walk into shopping areas where a lot of stuff is like outdoors or well ventilated. And I have a mask if I feel like I need it. Um, that's been huge for me. Uh, I was like legitimately like sitting in an apartment for weeks at a time, not going outside at some points in the pandemic. And so, Getting that back has been really, really nice. Um, yeah, being in this space has been awesome. I instead of just having like an office and a bedroom, I have a second workspace and a kitchen and a dining area and a living area. I have a piano upstairs, which is awesome. I've been relearning piano. Uh, I got on my bike again this summer. I Think about buying a rock climbing wall, which would. Mm, be really cool. cool yeah they have really cool rock climbing walls where the holds will uh light up so they put tons of holds on them and then you can go online and like download a climb that you want to do basically and the holds have lights on them oh, come on they, to show you yeah, which I like to allowed tell to. you which oh, okay that's yeah cool. yeah i want that so bad <laughs> i'm sort of having a bachelor of pad experience right now a little bit. Um, yeah. So all of that stuff is great. In terms of like the streaming stress and burnout, I had to work through a lot of that in the pandemic because my coping mechanisms weren't working anymore. I think it's not that people got worse. It's that the stuff I was doing to handle it wasn't happening anymore. Yeah. But at the moment I'm back in therapy, which I highly recommend. Like there are people who are trained to help you make your brains work and you can just hire them and they'll help you make your brain work. That is one of the coolest things in the entire world. Um, And the book that I've been working on about like generally the hidden aspects of streaming, the like burnout and emotional turmoil and stress and everything that has been really hard to write. It's Mm. very emotional and open and transparent thing to put out in the world, but I'm done writing it now. Uh, oh, really? I finished the final edits. It's going through review process. I have the cover done. I have the audio book lined up to be recorded, and it's publishing May twenty third. And we're like really? talking about me going. Hey, that's on my birthday Northwest and stuff. It there, is. You right, there you go. There you
1: go. Amazing. It's so my birthday gift to myself.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> a that's a project that I had more than one panic attack about. <laughs> um, just like sitting in the bathroom with my knees hugged against my chest because it was hard to do and it has I've gotten through it and really? I feel like I've like processed that and it's something I've done now and I wrote what I had to write and I have people I trust doing the things that need to be done for it to be published so That's amazing. feeling really good basically it's a
1: huge accomplishment to be honest yeah. And you know going back to and I, I want to talk about the book um Going back to your mental state, you mentioned, you know, staying indoors a lot and I mean, or during the pandemic, but before that you were going to bars and, and this and that, I'm, I'm guessing drinking alcohol and all that. Yeah. But did you stop doing those things or did you do it less than you used to? Or did you go back to these <laughs> mechanisms, um, to get in a better mental state? Did you replace these, these mechanisms if you fool?
0: I am definitely going like into bars and restaurants a lot less than I used to, but I used to like one or two times a day. So (laughs) so I used to a lot. Um, I'm comfortable going into a bar and having a drink with a friend now. Um, I had a friend visit last weekend and we like went to a video game arcade and then went to a couple of bars after and it was like, fine. Um, I would say more so though, I'm getting outside more In the neighborhood that I'm in. I have a garden now. I've been doing some gardening. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. There's something extremely humbling about having your normal job be, Oh, I have 200,000 followers. I'm going to play an incredibly difficult strategy game at a world-class level. And then after you're done, you like go in the backyard and just drag leaves around. And I mean, I am dragging leaves around now. (laughs) We (laughs) need to see that on
1: stream. I'm just saying. Yeah. You want, you want the leaf dragging stream? Yeah. Uh, for real, like, I, I think that's that's the future of content creation is, is <laughs> all right, guys, let's sit down and play this game. But you know what? We're not done. We're going to go, you know, rake the yard, or we're going to go plant some seeds, <laughs> or we're going to, you know, and you bring people with you. Now, of course, we all need some off time, right? But I do think that I'd be super interested in getting on a bike ride with you, right? You just bring uh, your, um, you know, like, just yeah, put your Limit phone does. here. Yeah, like
0: a yeah. Lemmy does bike streams, and I actually really like them, and they're pretty popular. I've considered, yeah. I've considered doing that. Yeah. I've always wondered, like, isn't it dangerous? Like, especially if you're like on a road and so? riding a bike to be streaming. Why? Like, I certainly wouldn't be trying to read chat.
1: No, of course not. Yeah, no, please don't. Yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah. that would be dangerous. Like, I would. I'm just thinking, like, a, like a, you put like a a rig, you know, like a little strap thing, and you just put your phone or like even like a, a camera connected to your phone. Yeah, just talking, just you know. Talking. Just bringing people. Yeah. yeah,
0: I could do that. Yeah,
1: that could be fun, you know. Um that's 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 great to hear and I think, you know, what I'm getting out of this is like you have you've, you've become a more like your hobbies are becoming more like a, a grown-ups type of hobbies if, you yeah. know, if that makes sense, right? Over the yeah. more active as well, which is great. I mean, I feel like the pandemic had Like, impacted obviously, obviously, a lot of people. And, but I feel like in the past six months, and I include myself in this, I see so many more people like wanting to change and uh, be more active, you know. Like, I bought a bike this summer as well. Uh, (laughs) You know, like, I I started rowing again. I start, you know, so many, I, I, I hear so many people saying like how much they enjoy walking, just walking again and just feeling free. And I feel like people, um, did not get, did not have access to a lot of these over the past, uh, you know, few years. They, 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 want to, they stayed at home more than they would have, of course, and now just want to breathe fresh air. <laughs> that's that's the feeling I'm getting at least. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're, um, you're moving more. It's always, it's good for you. You mentioned a therapist, and I, I completely agree with you. But you know, being active is a oh, great yeah. way to. You know, help with um, mental um, yeah. health Actually, and stress. And yeah,
0: I got a physical trainer at the start of the year too. When you talked about the therapist, I feel like I should yep. add that. Like, I I also got the person who's good at the body helping me understand, like, what lifts to do and yep. stretches and everything. And the person who's good at the mind helping with the mind.
1: Absolutely. That's another tough one because, frankly, like, you're like, oh, I want to, I want to get. In better shape i want to i want to train or I, at least just exercise you know in there's so many resources online telling oh, you yeah. there's so a million stuff. different things yeah and you're like which should i follow and you're like they're all like contradicting contradicting themselves and you're like so i feel like it's really hard as an individual to just like pick one and be like confident that's the right one but in person I feel like if you if you hire a person like a physical person and yeah like, yeah, you know figure it out for me or help me and they they can ask you questions and like they can be like see who what type of body you have what type of person you you are, and so on and so forth, and build something custom for you that's a great way to go yeah. about it as well,
0: and they'll also when I'm doing it on my own, I always worry I've had shoulder issues in the past, mm. and I um really tight hips as well. So I always wonder like when I'm reading about some exercise routine online, well, what's this going to do with my shoulders and my hips? (laughs) Cause those are problem areas of my body. But when you're just reading the website, it doesn't mention that at all, you know, whereas with a physical trainer, she can be, she'll have like an extra exercise or an extra stretch for me to do every day that address those things. And I can see them getting better and have been injury free all year. And yeah, it's a nice it's worth paying money for. <laughs> for I, sure. I agree. I, yeah. mean, I
1: agree and if, even like people with with lower back pain or back pain which was just a lot of people sadly. Yeah. Like oftentimes you're like, "Oh, I shouldn't train cuz my back hurts." But wait, if you train the right way, there's ways so you can train that you can strengthen your back so yeah. your your back pain gets or your you know, your back gets better. So but you need to do it right, that's why it's hard and you're right, Like just listening to someone online talking to the, the masses, they're not taking your back pain into consideration, so we gotta be careful as well, right?
0: Yeah, um, it's really cool when I'll be like, my hamstring's really tight today, and then my trainer will be like, okay, hold the weight in one hand and like get on one foot and do a like, single leg Romanium deadlift, Do like five of those, and then here's a particular kinetic stretch that you can do. Active stretch. I don't. What are you? Dynamic stretch. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. It's it's her job to know these words, not mine. (laughs) It's it's just you
1: do them, but you know she knows how to call them.
0: Yeah. It's like uh, it's like your body is the strategy game. It's like all the things connect, and she knows how they all do it, and yeah, it's awesome. Did
1: that, you know, help you? get inspiration like being active being more have living a more dynamic life did it that help you with
0: writing your book in a way over the past 12 months yes yeah while i was in the process of writing a book and i don't recommend this and don't think it's necessarily a good thing but while i was in the process of doing it anytime i had a new experience it would give me a new perspective on What I was writing about the book in general is about sort of like manipulation and control and abuse, which are very negative things, Um, but it isn't, I would say, a wholly negative book. It's largely about learning how to navigate them and defend yourself from them. Not really. It's about observing that they exist and pointing at them and showing what they do and showing how you can be a good person despite all of this hopefully
1: is it aimed at other content creators or just i think
0: primary audiences my viewers secondary audiences other content creators and people interested in streaming and then the Mm -hmm. tertiary audience is just like people who have heard of twitch and maybe their kids watch it but they aren't sure what it is exactly it it speaks to all of those audiences it pretty clearly outlines what's happening, even if you have never heard of Twitch before. And it goes into a lot of depth if you're someone who cares a lot about Twitch. And often it comes from different angles, because I was thinking about something on the ferry to Victoria and looking at the waves. And I thought, huh, this is a really interesting perspective on like what it's like to be a community or something. I don't know. (laughs) That's not actually an example that happened, but I've had, yeah, yeah, tons of, tons of experiences where even when you're not sitting at the keyboard writing, your brain is still thinking up all the ideas and trying to put them together for that book, you know?
1: Yeah. And how did you take those? Because for me, like I have ideas coming in like all the time and I forget half of them if I don't write them down, right? (laughs) So how did you, what was your strategy for building I could say writing of course this book but I really mean to use the word building the book because to me there's like a strategy behind bu- like writing a book you got to yeah. build the, the you know the section how it's gonna you know unfold and all that and I've been reading a lot for the past or more I should say the past 12 to 24 months and every time I, I finish a book I'm like wow that's writing a book is such a big must be a big ch- a huge challenge for, for, for these mm-hmm. authors, you know? So I'm curious to learn more about how you manage to, to write it, but to build, <laughs> to build it, if yeah. that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I think that something that I've seen over and over again in my life, whenever someone does something very impressive, is that. I don't think this always happens, but I think something that commonly happens is that people have a ton of emotion about something, and then they or someone near them are able to capture that emotion and channel it into something productive. And that, I think, is what happened with my book, is that I was really pissed off about the end of my relationship with my former esports team and also a couple of other things going on around me on the back end of streaming. And I sat down one day just to like process my thoughts or something I do like for myself, basically journaling, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just like wrote 15,000 words over three days. And I was like, what, (laughs) where did all that come from? You know? And I looked up how long a book was and it's like four or five times that long. And I just thought to myself, like, is there a shell of a book here? Like if I put the correct supports in place for this emotion? Can I turn it into something that's worth reading for somebody else and um, can actually fill the entire space of a 75,000 word memoir sort of thing? And the answer was yes. And the way that I successfully did that was by interviewing others. I, I got new experiences to have new perspectives on what I was writing from. And I talked to other people about their experiences with, things like sexism in streaming because that's something that I was frustrated by because I was seeing it happen to my friends, but I'm a guy. So my ability to write about it personally was limited. Um, but you had one
1: perspective, you know?
0: Yeah. But I've had so many extremely eye opening and valuable conversations with women who stream over the past year and a half about how they deal with sexism and how it expresses itself to them. And I've also like paid attention on my own. Like if I see something sexist happen, like I try to like understand like, how is this happening? Why, why is this able to happen? Sorts of ideas. Um, and then the same ideas for like manipulation and control and scams and grifts. Um, there have been lots of like crypto related things that have been very grifty and scammy that have affected myself and people near me that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. A lot of stuff around charity work um, mm. has been messy, messier than it used to be in the last couple of years on Twitch with like companies trying to make lots of money off charity work, which I've always been very into doing stuff for charity but it's actually for charity for me so when companies are like trying to contract me through my team to run charity streams for them and my team is getting paid and i'm being forced to raise money for a particular charity in a particular way that they want me to do it that pisses me the hell off Mm -hmm. there's a chapter in the book about that so yeah um that was that was the strategy was to think about how all the pieces fit together get tons and tons of perspectives on all of them and write it down and i spent a good chunk of money on two different very good editors um to help make my thoughts more succinct than these sentences i'm saying right now and and an awesome publisher and it's a book
1: it's amazing you, you tweeted on october 15th that you said guys in parenthesis, me will really write a book instead of going to therapy. Yeah. Um, you mentioned going to therapy. So I'm not going to question the fact that you went to therapy, but how therapeutic was writing
0: the book for you? Well, at the time when I tweeted that, I hadn't gone to therapy. Oh, yet. so you and just started like, therapy. I should really go back to therapy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was therapeutic. It was something that I did to process the things that were going on around me. As a content creator, we talk so much about the stuff we're comfortable talking about, and we spend so little comparative energy thinking about and talking about the things that we aren't comfortable talking about while we're live on stream. Yeah. I, if I talk about Slay the Spire for eight hours, then yeah, I've processed what I think about Slay the Spire, I've thought about it a ton, and I've talked about it. But then I end the stream, and I have to think about like, what are my thoughts on for-profit charity work. Um, that's something that I have comparatively little energy and time to process and think about, but it is arguably more important to my life than Slay the Spires. Slay the Spires is just a game I'm playing on stream, whereas that's something that interacts with like all of my other business connections and friends and the charities that I raise money for that aren't for profit. And So that's something that's worth spending some time thinking about too. And that's something that the book let me do, was really sit down and I mean, literally solidify in text what my opinions about these things were.
1: Have you ever been, oh, do you feel like you've been scammed before, literally scammed out of like a sponsorship or a deal or something like that?
0: For sure. Yeah. I think tons of practices, even ones that are acceptable are borderline scams. Like you put together good sponsorship offers for streamers so you know what it looks like when it's done well and i'm sure you've seen lots of like affiliate programs that are like oh they're that's kind of predatory um uh have, but, but I'm, yeah i'm not jorbs
1: and like i'm sure you get dozens of
0: people so to many. reach out every day yeah so like yeah even and and then that was only the stuff that's like sort of above board, <laughs> like yeah. there's also all the stuff that's really not okay like um there was a crypto sponsor who sort of ran a pump and dump, but they used streamers to do their pump and dump, so they made subcoins of ethereum and then they Backed the coins with like a $10,000 initial investment and signed up a streamer to be like, Oh, this is my new coin. I'm going to use it on my channel for giveaways and to run tournaments and everything. You should all invest in it. It's a safe investment, you know, so on and so forth. And they had these streamers work on their coins. And these are streamers who genuinely like love cryptocurrency and loved what they were doing and loved having a currency for their channel and stuff. So that's all cool. The streamers worked on their coins for like a year or two. And then the company that initially backed them with ten thousand dollars sold all of their stake in the coin and like made a 10x on their investment or whatever and the value of the coin like halved overnight and you know there's the streamer who's just worked on it for two years and all of their viewers who bought into it and thought it was a safe investment and stuff and they're just And, and that's like crypto even in the best of circumstances is a bit of a risky investment but that one was just designed to be a pump and dump from the start like i think that's just a scam personally it's i mean
1: from what i'm hearing it comes it's coming out of your mouth right now <laughs> it does i mean for me like altcoins are riskier by default and this is almost like a sub altcoin niche if you will like like you know a company i don't know uh i guess an organization creating a coin specifically for a creator yeah that's i mean what very I of niche. Crypto, it's very niche yeah. and th- it does sound very shady that's all i'll say you know yeah um but it sucks for the, the people that have uh I- i've i've embarked in this journey with uh with the that organization, uh, whichever yeah.
0: it is. It's always so complicated to unravel it all. Like, cause there's a company trying to make money and that's allowed, <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. But there should be some things that are okay for a company to do to make money and some things that aren't okay. Hmm. And ideally we would have like legislation specifying all this stuff, but at least we could have like cultural community norms saying, Like, hey, that one's not okay. This one is okay. But with something like streaming, it's very brand new in the history of humanity. And cryptocurrency, even more brand new. And then we're talking about both of those things happening at the same time. There aren't established cultural norms for what is and isn't okay. Like, we don't have like generational knowledge about this thing. We don't have legislation set up for it. So we're really left on our own to decide was that an okay thing for someone to do or not yeah Um, it's stuff
1: because it's it it requires a lot of education um people need to do their due diligence and but it like that's a lot of time (laughs) you know and you need to invest that time and we all have limited time and the older you get the more you realize that (laughs) so yeah it's like is it worth putting my time into this to just learn more about the project or the you know crypto in general? It's just a lot of things are going fast as a as a as a civilization. information speeds up like just gets shared so fast right gets broadcasted worldwide so fast, but that makes it more demanding for a human to then absorb and You know, understand all that information, if you will, right? Because it's not just reading about it; it's just just taking the time, as you said. You know, process the information, and that takes time. We're not a supercomputer; we can't just come with our own conclusions overnight. Like we need to, like you know, crypto as a whole takes a while to really get it. Even if you read one book, even if you watch one creator, you know, talk about it. Say, even it's a, it's a, it's 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 a person that is. Is the best of interest and is super knowledgeable. You still need to <laughs> your brain still needs to process the information over time, right? So it's just it's it's uh it's difficult. I think it's uh is one way to put it, and I agree. I mean, you know, what's right, what's wrong? Um, I think you know, there's people in business that are trying to do like make money fast. Uh, try to you know, and and business is about money. I think business is about, you know, helping others. Uh, it's about providing something that helps others achieve their goal. I think that's a real business model. <laughs> that's how business should be built, right? Sure. Yeah. But when you want to just go into business to make money, that's when hit like, shit hits the fan, in my opinion, at some point. Because it's just you're doing it for the wrong reason, in my opinion. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think a so. lot
0: of business is built on trust. And Mm -hmm. that trust is very fragile. Um, You can lose that very, very, very quickly. And so I've definitely had awesome business relationships with people who I do trust, um, some of which have spanned like four plus years at this point. And I've also had lots of business relationships with people who I do not trust even a little bit. And those are generally not very rewarding. And I yeah, don't seek them out. So
1: yeah. You want to associate yourself with people you trust. That trust takes time to build, but takes very little time to lose. (laughs) Yeah. So you have to be very careful, you know, um, how to treat um, and how you value trust. Maybe I could say, right? Mm -hmm. Now talk about great, great way to segue into my next segment, which I wanted, I guess I wanted to talk about Twitch, the evolution
0: of Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. Twitch I were, don't trust very much. Right. So,
1: well, yeah, I mean a lot of things have happened in the past twelve months with Twitch, right? Just recently with the whole like share splitting with creators, right? Um I mean were you at TwitchCon?
0: I bought a ticket and didn't go. Oh. That's that's about my current feeling about Twitch right. stuff, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. I mean are you thinking
1: about moving out of Twitch at some point? Is that are you getting to that point or are you just, you know?
0: I think if I need to, I'll be okay. I think that there will always be a place in the world for someone who wants to take things which are complicated and try to understand them and present them in a way that's approachable for other people. Um whether that means going to stream on YouTube. <laughs> which is like the closest possible thing you could ever do. Right. Or it means like becoming a teacher, like which is the same sort of vibe, but incredibly, incredibly different for an author. I, I don't know. I couldn't say that, but I feel confident that there will be something for me to do if I stop streaming on Twitch. So that's a, a good place of strength to be coming from. I feel like I have a, a financial buffer where if I woke up tomorrow and Twitch was taken offline, like Mixer got taken offline, yeah. I wouldn't be struggling to like pay my mortgage and buy food. I think I'd be okay for a while, and so I think I'd work it out. When I stopped playing poker, I spent I think three years working out that I wanted to stream. I went back to school, I tried working on a game, I tried making a little bit of content I spent a lot of time just like traveling and playing League of Legends Um, and eventually I found streaming but it took me three years and I think that's realistic that if tomorrow I couldn't stream on Twitch anymore I wouldn't know exactly what I was going to do next I would take some time to I mean I'd have to grieve first because this is seven years of my life that I've built into a channel on Twitch. Um, And then I'd have to start thinking, what's next? Do I want to try to do the same thing again somewhere else? Or do I want to try to do something different with the next 10 years of my life?
1: Now you are a Twitch creator. What do you think Twitch should do in the short, medium term to to get with the program. That's what that's how I, I'll put it, right? Cuz I think they're disconnected. Yeah. from the community, especially the creator community. Um what should they do in your mind, in your,
0: your opinion? It's so tough to have a fair opinion because I'm not in the like investment meetings or or whatever they have, the business meetings where they look at their bottom line and stuff it's easy to say they should do everything to value creators and I could spend 20 minutes listing that off. But I also have to be aware that I have no real understanding of the financial design of Twitch. Like, I get they get sub revenue and ad revenue, but I don't know what server costs are exactly. I don't understand whether they're paying a lot for transcoding for streamers with 50 viewers, which they shouldn't be. Like, I don't know that stuff. I barely even know what the words I just said mean. <laughs> so, uh, this is, yeah, this is a huge struggle for me to understand where Twitch sits. And I just have come to accept that I don't have a huge amount of confidence. I think that Twitch is trying to get too much profit from what it is and that it works a lot better if it's seen as a like media empire which is valuable to have for other reasons but is not a profit driver in and of itself sort of like how an esports team works where like tsm's esports team doesn't make tsm money because it wins tournaments it makes tsm money because it lands a ton of sponsors and gets them name recognition in other spaces mm-hmm. I feel like Twitch is meant to be that personally but also like that would be the wave that was most favorable to me <laughs> if it was like that because that would mean that Amazon could run it at a loss and give me great cuts and do lovely mm-hmm. things for me and, and that would just be nice for me personally so yeah. it's definitely possible that I'm just biased and wrong um, no
1: I mean the the problem the problem with twitch is in my opinion um that's my personal opinion of course is that is that twitch lacks vision sure there's they lack vision because to me having done content creation uh having worked and talked to you know hundreds if not thousands at this point content creators understanding the space i think at least to a certain extent there's so many people that want to be a content creator, but there's so little, such a little amount of people that can actually make it a living, right? Yeah. There's only a few jobs out there. There's only a few, whatever excuse. I mean, excuse. There's only one, but <laughs> yeah, there's only one Ludwig, and
0: they let him go to YouTube without well, fighting for that, him.
1: That's my thing. Yeah. They don't. They don't fight for 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 their creators. Yeah. And they're they're. I feel like in the investors meeting, and I'm not there, guys. I'm not there, but I feel like they're like, "Oh, we're making money. Why would we get a lesser cut mm-hmm. if we if that works for yeah. us and we're making money with it?" Well, because you're going to make sure people stick around more because you're going to be rewarding their time yeah. more, and they're going to stick around for longer. And they're gonna, it's going to bring more people. That's my belief, right? That's I my so vision too.
0: for it. I think but it's like, yeah. I think the big perspective on this is you have this brand new thing, streaming, which very few people in the world understand. You happen to have some hundreds or thousands of people streaming on your website pretty much every day who understand streaming better than anybody else in the world. They've been doing it for like a decade or whatever. They have all these things that work for them and ideas for what to do next. And instead of like i don't know talking to those people paying them more giving them more opportunities fighting for them and giving them good contracts um you're like just letting them go to youtube and 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 reducing their revenue (laughs) like saying that they don't get a good cut on their sub splits after a hundred thousand revenue is like it doesn't affect almost any streamers in the world. It affects like 600 streamers or something. 600 people get that many subs uh, per year or something like that. But the ones it affects happen to be the ones that you are most incentivized to make like you. Yeah. You really want those streamers to like your company and have brand loyalty. And you want to be asking them, like, what do we do next? There are so many cool things that streamers do, like, they put on conventions on their own and put on game shows on their own. And there are like French streamers driving formula four cars around a track. Um, last weekend there were which had like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of viewers or whatever, like the creativity is there Mm -hmm. (laughs) that like, if you, if you take the concept of a webcam and a microphone and a chat room and you let people play with it, We've demonstrated that people create really, really, really cool things and that it grows to a point where it can rival other forms of traditional media that, you know, the idea that a live stream is as valuable a form of media as a movie is not silly anymore. And I feel like it would have sounded silly to say that 10 or 15 years ago, but We've demonstrated that if you let people do this, people will do incredible things. You just got to let them do it, I think.
1: Well, one of the biggest problems of Twitch, I think, is that they're owned by Amazon. And that's yeah. one of the biggest problems. It's like, they yeah. they can be losing money. They don't need to... They could just live on their own. They could they could lose millions if they, they may, well, just as well be losing millions a, a month. I, I'm not sure, right? We don't have the financials, but if they weren't owned by Amazon trust me they would make sure people stay to their pla- on their platform 100% right mm-hmm. and I-, I really agree with you with you know make money through advertising not through subs it's like get more people get people to stay get people to to st- want to come to your platform build a community there and then that's just going to increase how much you charge advertisers because yeah. at the end of the day you're going to have more people watching right i it's,
0: think so that- yeah. This is something that I've seen in advertising on the back end of streaming in general, is that it is hard to get advertising from the companies that will pay very well for advertising on content that is not top-rate content. Um for me to get to a point where I could be sponsored by a company like Lenovo, I had to stream for many years and establish that I was a high-quality content creator. And they're generally not that interested in putting their content on like a twitch affiliates stream someone who streams a few times a month mm-hmm. not that they're a bad creator but like it would just not be worth it to spend the time to go check them out and vet them and work out 100 percent that they were someone who should be representing the brand and i think that's a problem that twitch has that so many of twitch's creators aren't vetted in any way and so if uh very premium company is interested in advertising, I think they're not necessarily thinking of Twitch as the first place that would like to do that, but I think that Twitch had the ability to fight that. Like They could have become a premium content service. They have so much talent, they have so many people working so many hours, and they do have people who have established that they're very good at what they do over the course of many, many years. Um, and it just feels like they're not trying to do that. They're going the way of like those web pages where, if you don't have ad block turned on, you actually cannot tell which part is the web page because there are so many ads. That feels more like what's going on. And I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like uh, I'm struggling to think of a like premier company that might advertise. But I don't think. I don't think a brand that really cares about being a great brand is going to want to be on a website like that.
1: Yeah, it, it's tough. It's certainly, you know, being in this space and advertising in this space. I can tell you it's it, it, it's it, Twitch is, is quite niche, you know, compared to YouTube, compared to other social medias, other um compared to Twitch, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Twitch, compared to TikTok, for example, right, which is really blowing up. And that's that's the the biggest challenge for for twitch now is now in the past only a couple of years ago he only really had to worry about YouTube and not that much like not even that much really to be honest mm-hmm. because you know there was not that much that much streaming on the platform now more and more people are moving to YouTube to stream and create content video content so um like I said human beings. Have twenty four hours in a day, and most of us sleep six, seven, eight hours. You know, ideally seven, at least, guys. Come on. Uh, <laughs> and with that, the rest of our time, we have to work, we have to take care of our families, and all this. So we have very little time to actually entertain ourselves, and we can only say we have two hours a day. So we have to choose, and we do pick a platform, and with that time. What are people going to pick? And that's a real question that... And why do people pick those platforms? And this... I get a feeling that Twitch doesn't give a shit. You know? I, I really feel that. I feel like... they like... Yeah. Whatever. That's just... We're, we're, we're going to do this no matter what. It doesn't really matter. But it's... What bothers me the most about this is that... It's a missed opportunity, in my opinion. To To... Because there's the... There's the opportunity... So instead of being the ones that, that don't give a shit, being the ones that care the most, I do mm-hmm. think Twitch is about community and there's an opportunity to care the that most.
0: Five years ago, mm. like that's what they were to me, that's why yep. I was on Twitch. I started on YouTube, started yep. making YouTube videos, and then like Twitch was the place to be where they understood creators and did all the cool stuff. I wonder how much of Twitch's business model is being on someone's second monitor while they're at work, or like while they're watching this podcast. They have a Twitch stream on the side or something. And I also wonder how much they sell advertising on streams like that that people aren't actually paying attention to. Is that sort of a...
1: <laughs> well, that would bring me to that... To the, <laughs> that advertising to probably shouldn't point. be well, worth
0: as much. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Well, true. Yeah. And, and that brings me to my previous point that I brought up, which is you know, a business should bring value to another individual or another entity, right? That should be the business plan. And if that's the, if what you're saying is true, which is not, we can't say it's true because it's just, you know, we're just, it's a hypothesis, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if that's the case, then that goes into the, the doing it for the money type of bucket, you know, Mm -hmm. in my, in my book, you know, so, um, that would be, uh, that would be a problem because... You know
0: advertising it, online it, yeah. is it's so weird <laughs> how do you even how do you even tell what's like good or not like for me i can say oh yeah i ran an hour of this game this is how many click throughs i got and that's like a real metric that i can show yeah um it means something although what exactly does it mean like if I spent a lot of time saying, hey, click on this link, like that doesn't necessarily mean more people bought the game. I don't yep. do that, by the way. I usually don't deliberately drive people to the link. I find that they click it on their own if I just enjoy the game. Um, but yeah, like that's one of the things that's having to be negotiated in the back rooms is like, how much is advertising on this site worth? How much should be charged for it? How does it look? Is it going to be like a banner ad? Is it going to play over the video while you're watching and the mm-hmm. mainstream goes picture and picture on mute or is it going to block you viewing the stream entirely for three minutes when you arrive or is it going to show up at the bottom of the screen or is it going to be in the chat box there could be a little text advertisement that shows up every now and then there are lots of ways to put advertising on Twitch and they have to work out the right way to do it which- you know how to do it
1: uh, uh, you, do you know how to find the best way to do it?
0: Um, well, my successful way to do it has been to involve me in it. I'm the content creator. I know what my community wants to see in terms of advertising. Give me products that align with like my values that I think are quality and worthwhile for my community to buy, and I will promote them. And you can buy an hour spot or a two-minute spot on my channel, but... If you give me stuff that I'm comfortable promoting, I'll do that. And that gets massive response from my community. That's yeah. my leverage point. That's why I can be a successful advertiser.
1: And ask and and inquire with the community as well. That's you know, I think like it's it's an opportunity as well to in- involve yeah. Twitch's community, the creators community into because you mentioned like how they want to see the content. It's a big deal. Like how because and 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 if it's done right, it could be a massively it could be massively successful financially. Yeah. Like because advertising is meant to be yeah. a
0: good thing. It's yeah. meant it's yeah. meant to be good. It's meant to be how you find out that something that you would like exists. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's so weird that it's been so. It's like being force fed to us in a way that it's just noise, and all of us hate it. When it's meant to be like hey did you know you can get 50% off a thing that you need at a sale this weekend and then you're like oh cool let's go to the sale like
1: yeah for for a product that you're like excited about that you've been talking about on stream for example you know like that yeah well that's what we're doing but trust me it's it's a real head scratcher sometimes because because doing it right is is difficult that being said I think we're the example that it's not impossible, right? <laughs> yeah, if we I have, can do it. I have Twitch or anybody who else can do
0: like it. Like my sponsored content, better than my regular content, because yeah. I'm checking out a new game, yeah. and they know that I'll be focused on the game and showing it off, and it's fun for them to watch. Yeah, so it's possible.
1: It is possible, and it's and I would go as far as to say it's it's necessary that. Advertising goes in that direction moving forward, and sponsorship goes in that direction moving forward. Because, and you said it well, it's killing the industry. Really, it it really is because people like they they mentally and they they're going to ignore the content. They're going to ignore and there's a, a real opportunity to to enhance the content to make it better. To 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 um get people to discover games and products that they're actually going to enjoy and that's going to make their lives better like it's it's possible
0: <laughs> yeah i hope so i
1: can i i, I, can, I can tell you it is <laughs> Good. um twitter i i have a tweet from you
0: here sure. from
1: a few weeks ago
0: Oh, no. You've been reading my Twitter.
1: <laughs> I've spent the last four hours. No, no, no. Um,
0: what did you think of the Tyrannosaurus Rex onesie one?
1: I didn't see it, actually. Oh, okay, uh, good. Uh, <laughs> our, our, don't, our look. Producer, don't look, don't look, don't <laughs> look. A producer went through him. So, this one from September 27th. and You, you say, just told someone I was doing offline work. I've been scrolling Twitter for the last hour. <laughs> yeah. Now, one, I hope this person isn't following you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> to to what do you like about? I mean, talking about like Twitch and you know it's it's down potential downfall and whatnot. Interesting, but Twitter for me is what could possibly or potentially happen to, to Twitch. Like I think like less and less people are are spending time on on Twitter. Yeah, uh, but from this tweet, you seem to be enjoying it. Whoa. What do you enjoy with. Yeah, about Twitter.
0: Was I enjoying it or was I doom scrolling? (laughs) I think they sort of go hand-in-hand on Twitter. Okay. The thing I like about Twitter is that it's a way to create a resume of my personality, which is such a weird thing to say, but I want my Twitter to represent the sort of things that I think about and find funny and interesting about the world if someone clicks on it and scrolls through it. And... I've connected with lots of really cool people through my Twitter achieving that for me. And it just isn't something that's very easy to do with video form content, in my opinion. You can't snap from subject to subject to subject to subject to subject quick, 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 yeah, quick, 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 sure. quick in a video. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can on Twitter and you can just like scroll through it all. It's very well organized. Yeah. So that's that's really all that Twitter is for me. It's... um saying, hey, this is a thing I think is important, this is a thing I think is funny. Here's a joke I I might make if we hung out at a bar one night. And then I have a bunch of friends and connections that I've made through that who, you know, reached out and said, Hey, I really enjoyed this. Do you want to talk about it sometime? So especially through the pandemic, Twitter was yep. how I made a lot of really new friends. Like, not like a friend introducing to me some they know but like a, a game developer who lives in scandinavia yeah who i'm now friends with yeah um so that's that's immensely valuable to me i don't i don't really use twitter for much other than that i don't expect it to drive revenue for me i don't expect right, right, it right. to
1: like a journal Would it, yeah i heard to
0: say that yeah
1: yeah yeah i see that I, I see it that way as well for for I mean as a social media i think it's it's how it should be used at least um how how much time do you spend would you say on average like tweeting like like writing a tweet you do you like instinctively like come out come up with something or do you like work (laughs) on it they
0: hatch fully formed from my brain yeah uh i don't draft tweets ever if i don't get to a point where i'm satisfied with something in like five minutes i just drop it and it never happens but yeah, usually I'll just like, something will be in the news, or something will have just happened with some friends where we had a fun time, I don't know, paintballing or something, and I'll just want to say something about it, and so I'll throw it out there. It's not, uh, it's nothing like like creating a YouTube video where I spend mm-hmm. a lot of effort thinking about what I'm going to say and... Put together a PowerPoint presentation and then record it and everything. It's it's more of an aside. If I'm on the bus and I'm thinking about something, I think, oh, I could tweet about this. Yeah, of ideas.
1: I mean, you write well, and that's a great asset for someone on Twitter. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that makes me even more excited to uh, to read your book and and it's it's certainly a uh, a great asset again to have as a content creator. When you're on a platform like Twitter, right? Because Twitter, you can you can say the same thing in so many different ways, and it can come off as can come off very differently depending on how right. you write it, you know. Right. So yeah. it can be, uh, it's not trivial, I would say. Yeah. Um. To 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 express yourself through yeah text for everyone. So, and I
0: have a I have a sort of like sarcastic biting self-deprecating mm-hmm. sense of humor yeah. i feel like when my humor is firing well with friends who i'm comfortable with that's how it comes off and i think that twitter is a way to like filter people who really don't like that yeah away from me <laughs> because some people don't like that which is there's nothing no, wrong sure. with that at all yeah um but it's nice to be some like people don't like chocolate hey, this is you me know, so. oh my gosh i cannot <laughs> I mean that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, they,
1: they exist, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I'm I'm sure people are allergic to chocolate and stuff. That's yeah, that would I suck. that would suck. Yeah,
1: got a got a couple of audience questions for you. Okay, cool. Hey, Jorbs, would you ever consider making short documentary-style videos where you break down strategy games and mechanics? There's a market for that sort of stuff, and I think you'd be very good at it.
0: The closest I've ever done to that was a series of videos I made on Beagle Rush's XCOM series that he was playing where I took somebody else's series they were playing and I compressed like a six hour stream into a 10 minute video where I talked about like, this is the part of the game where this thing happens. And so you can see he's thinking about this and on this mission, this stuff happened and stuff like that. And I had a ton of fun with it. I, I, sort of experimented with being more analytical versus more funny um, versus more informative versus more like yeah whatever anyway uh, that was fun I made I think 10 of those or something it took me about two hours per minute of video to do that Um, and by the end I was down to like one hour per minute of video but it was a large time commitment for me for sure And so the reason that I haven't done much more of it, at least at that level of quality, is just that it takes a lot of time. The people who do that are incredibly good at what they do, and it is a full-time job for them. And often they have teams as well, like making art assets and everything like that for the videos. So that isn't something that I've set up. I think it's something I would enjoy. The the thing I'd feel starved of is the, um, the real-time interaction that mm. I get out of streaming. That's why I eventually settled on streaming. I really liked having someone say something in chat, and then I could talk to them. Compared to when I'm editing a video, I'm just sitting in a chair by myself for hours. Um, which I can do for a while, but I didn't want to do for a career over years. Yeah, full-time um, is
1: different for sure.
0: Yeah, but... I mean I sometimes have that energy around me and want to do it and I I still make some like 10 minute videos analyzing a certain aspect of slay the spire or or something like that and I make podcasts which are like 3 hours long talking about uh in detail the strategy of slay the spire and if you like sort of like crammed that three-hour podcast into the 10-minute video, you'd basically have the thing that the viewer is asking about. Um, But there's a lot of work (laughs) to go from the three-hour podcast to the 10-minute video.
1: Absolutely. We got another one. Did 2022 live up to your expectations in terms of releases? If not, what could have made this year better for games and
0: strategy? Oh my gosh. I think they need to stop making such good games. Honestly, it just kind of pisses me off how good games are. Like, (laughs) I really want to play. I'm the sort of person who wakes up in the morning and thinks, God there was a game I loved playing in 1995. I'd love to spend 100 hours playing it. Like, that would just bring me so much joy to revisit Mm -hmm. that nostalgia from my childhood. And then, like, there's another incredible release and I have to play that instead. And I mean, I enjoy it more. It does sort, of, <laughs> does sort of irritate me. Uh, I think that games are so good right now. The Yeah. I had a friend who just went to the Museum of Modern Art in New York. And in Manhattan. And they had an exhibit on games. And like showing all the different types of games that have been made. Getting Over It was there. And the artist quote was something like, I really hate the people who play games and really want to just win. And so I wanted to torture them. And I thought that was so funny. Um, but yeah, she, she was like telling me about the different games that she saw on this exhibit. And I was like, Oh my God, I got to play that. I got to play that too. I played that on stream. And it's like yeah. the games that are releasing are legitimately going in art museums and I'm getting to play them on release and experiencing them live. And, it's yeah. awesome. I have yeah, I I think that if you get really into the like AAA release cycle, it's easy to feel let down. Like if you're invested in the next FIFA game, that game's going to have like a bunch of microtransactions that are trying to work out how to make as much money out of it as possible and stuff like that, and expectations are probably not going to live up to what you'd hope for. But if you have your ear to the ground in gaming communities and you're looking for the new cool projects that like indie developers are coming out with and stuff like that, there are absolutely breathtaking like story games and puzzle games and strategy games and.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we're yeah. in the golden age of indie games. Like, yeah, it, it, literally. Like, there's there's so many amazing pro- uh, projects coming out, and they're actually. There's an issue that comes to that with that is that the fact that they need help reaching audiences because there's Mm -hmm. so many of these games coming out. I agree so much. And the quality is there in most of these games. And like we're talking about small teams, right? I meet with them all the time. Like it could be like one, two, three people or ten people, but still these are (laughs) tremendously Mm -hmm. small teams compared to any of these Triple A titles and some of these games even compete in terms of like polish and quality. I mean, yeah. a lot of these compete with Triple A games. So yeah, it's uh no, it's it's an amazing um, time to live in when you're an indie games fan. Problem is, we all should take like a sabbatical to play them all, right? So, um,
0: oh my God. <laughs> I need five years. Yeah, there are so many. I think the. Like five years ago, AAA games could do things with graphics and game performance that genuinely mattered that you couldn't do it in an indie game studio Mm -hmm. because AAA games were the ones with the resources to make use of the cutting edge hardware and everything. And I don't think that's true anymore. I think in the last five years, the increases we've seen to graphics and the like have just not mattered that much. We crossed the point where graphics looked good enough a long time ago. And when you look at indie games, a lot of them are like using pixel art which looks great. Yeah. Uh, and we could make that 20 years ago, so.
1: Yeah, I, I think, like, like, graphics have been following certain trends over the years, you know, when 3D came in and the way they, they try to push the boundaries. Nowadays, it's like a, it's a more about style. Which style yeah. you're going to go for for your game, right? It's going to yeah, be pixelated or more, like, cartoonish, even, like, 3D, more cartoonish game, a... Uh, a lot telltale games if you will type of deal right with the the tracing and all that stuff like yeah you know so yeah that's uh it's a great time to uh be a gamer i think
0: yeah agree
1: we have our last and i'm 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 shedding a tear here saying it our last segment um it's a you know rapid fire segment you've done it before all right that being said, I'm, I'm still shedding a tear. Um, it's almost over, guys. Uh the one year yeah. anniversary episode with Jorbs. It's always
0: nice to just chat with someone for a while. Yeah, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. You're ready for this though. Fifteen question, this or that. No I'm thinking. Tr- try just, my best. Just saying, okay. Be imprisoned
0: for kissing a pig or be kissing imprisoned for oh.
1: kissing a
0: donkey. Oh, I thought you said or um, No, be imprisoned or- for yeah. kissing a-, a pig or a donkey, a donkey. Go one. But year- honestly,
1: they're both cute. <laughs> Go one year into the past or one year into the future. Future. Be fluent in Spanish or French. French. Good. Good answer. No backrest. Or armrest on your chair.
0: No armrests. They're be bad a, for you. Of yeah, them.
1: True. Be one hit uh, be a one hit wonder or be mediocre your entire life. One hit wonder. Slow music or fast music? S- music. Have no elbows or no knees.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think no knees.
1: Cash inflow or cash outflow? Outflow. King or queen? King. Never age mentally or never age physically? Mentally. Would you rather only eat spinach or only eat lettuce? Spinach. Eat a nuclear or nuclear, as some would say, missile or smell a fart?
0: Eat a nuclear missile? (laughs) Yeah.
1: I didn't write these, okay?
0: (laughs) Smell a fart.
1: Okay. I mean, healthier, I guess. Would you rather be stuck on a train or a bus? Train. First person shooters or racing games?
0: Racing games.
1: Never have to pay taxes or never have to do laundry?
0: Laundry
1: good 15 questions answered jorbs thank you for being you. part of this one year anniversary special episode we'll see you next year for oh, the second fun. year anniversary. you you're stuck with us for the rest of your career okay <laughs> all right cool um and and hopefully we'll do another episode when your book comes out may 23rd yeah can right. I plug
0: it? Before we go live? Please, yes, yes. If you Google before we go live Jorbs, you will find its listing on Amazon. My publisher is Salamander Street, and they're an indie publisher based in Scotland. And if you want to pre-order it, it's available. I would recommend getting it from them instead of Amazon. And there will be like, I there's an entire release process coming. So if you follow me on Twitter or whatever, you'll hear all the updates as well. Absolutely
1: will do, and I'll remember the date, I'll pre-order the book myself, and maybe we can have you once again uh, this spring to talk about the release of your book. Yeah, that would be cool. Guys, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, whether you're on YouTube or any other podcasting platform. We'll be back next Tuesday. Don't forget, as Jorbs said, check him out on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, got Jorbs. Guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week for next episode of Streamforge Radio.